Are you concerned with the state of America? Look around at this great city of ours. What do you see? I see a multitude of amazing people. Over the next hour, Bill Wilson and Michael Lynn White will talk to some of these amazing people about topics that interest you and give you just what you need to kick off your week with a dang on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. Good evening, everybody. You are listening to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show here on WGNS. I'm your host, Michael Lynn White, and here with my, this other guy, Mr. Murfreesboro himself, Bill Wilson. Hey, everybody. What's Hello, up, Murfreesboro. Bill? Okay, we are live in the studio downtown Murfreesboro. We got producer Dalton over there helping us out tonight. And we're excited to be here on a Sunday night with y'all. Appreciate y'all listening. You can catch us on WGNSRadio.com. You can also head on over to the Mr. Murfreesboro Facebook page where we are live streaming. You can chat with us there, ask us questions. You can also call into WGNS and chat with us live on the air. So That's 615-893-1450. Perfect. Thank How's you, everybody Bill. doing? We are good. Okay, we're so excited tonight to have... A truly special, awesome guest tonight. We have Bill likes to call him an aviation guru. So I think that's pretty accurate. We're it gonna is. go with that. Mr. Mr. Larry Williams is with us tonight, and he is a guru uh dealing with aviation. I don't know how many hours he has in a plane, but how's it going? How's it going, Larry? Oh, it's going fine. Okay. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for being here. Especially with what's going on, you know, yesterday was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and, you know, we were just sitting out there in the uh, lobby talking about what happened on on 9-11. I mean, who would ever thought, this is 20 years ago, somebody would use an airplane, I guess they were 747s or they were big jets as an object terrorism who would ever think but it happened yeah we uh <clears throat> i remember watching it i was in a meeting actually a training session in orlando and uh someone someone walked up to the door and said turn the tv on and the instructor said we're, ha- we're having a class here he said turn the tv on someone had just run into the world trade center turned the tv on and they had a replay of it and all of us being pilots we said how can that happen because it was a clear day and it didn't look like a little airplane and we couldn't really tell and a couple minutes later the second one ran through there and we saw it was i think it was a 767 and someone uh all of us being pilots someone in the back said we're at war we're out of here and the instructor said where are you going he said we're getting out of this federal building Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh, we got out of there and went back to the hotel class is over class is done That was it. Yeah. But, you you know, and people forget, yeah, it was the Twin Towers, but it was also the plane struck, what, the Pentagon, and then somewhere, a field in Pennsylvania. That one day, there was over 3,000 people. Yeah. I think it was like 3,500 who perished yeah. as a result of, of an air, airplane. Yeah. 
Um, let me make a comment really quick um, for all of y'all watching on Facebook. Sometimes we have a few little technical difficulties. We do want to be able to see our guests, so we just want to let y'all know we'll we'll get that figured out maybe um, on the break. So yes, if Bill, if Mr. Murfreesboro scoot back a little bit, we can see our esteemed <laughs> guest Larry Williams. Oh, so forgive us about there you go. for that. There we go. Y'all can see us now. And again, you can see us live here in the studio at uh, Mr. Murfreesboro's Facebook page. So. That is good. So, all right, for everybody listening, and if you don't know Larry Williams, he is a Murfreesboro native. He is a pilot. He is now working out at MTSU. So, Larry, why don't you tell us a little bit, for those who don't know you, about what you do now? Well, and where do uh, you come from? Murfreesboro. <laughs> Main, from Main, Street. Street. Main Street, USA. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I grew up corner of Maine and Womack and at the end of Womack Lane uh, back in the 50s up until 1952 that was where the uh, college airport was. A lot of people don't realize there was they an airport in right. Unless they I didn't know that and I'm Mr. Murphy's you, you know, know what that. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, get him Larry. I'm sorry, let me shut up. It's, it's, it's all about you tonight. If you drive down Elrod Street, which is parallel behind East Main, right. there's a street called Airport Road and when I was a kid I said, well, what's this Airport Road? And someone said, there used to be an airport over there. So. Oh really? Yeah. So what got you interested in aviation? Was that from a young boy? Yeah. All right. Paper airplanes, like flying them off the. Well, roof. I was I was born in Clarksville, and um, both my parents were from here, and we used to come here about every weekend. I moved here when I was fourteen, <clears throat> but uh, I used to see the. Uh, I think they were C one nineteens. We call them box cars, and they would fly over coming out of Fort Campbell, and even go up to Fort Campbell. Cargo go, planes, right? What kind? Cargo? Were they cargo planes? Uh, parachuters. Okay. Because we'd go out to Fort Campbell during Armed Forces Day and watch them jump out of those cargo planes and, and uh, the boxcars. And uh, when I was a senior in high school, well, actually, I guess I was a senior. My older brother had taken some flying lessons at the airport. And uh, back then, you could take a solo course for $120. You soloed. It was about seven hours. And I wow. wanted to do that, but I was told by my mother it was uh, too dangerous and not going to do it. And I said, what about Stuart was his name? Well, he's older. He can do it. When you get 18, we'll talk about it. So when I got 18, we talked about it, and uh, I started flying. Stuart was your brother? Uh, no, when I turned 18, I started flying. Okay. All right. He was inspired by his brother, and he right. got to fly. Now, does your brother still fly now? No, he, or? he just uh, – all he did was – Take the solo course. And, gotcha. Yeah. So obviously you started flying and you caught the bug and you kept kept going. So what did you do after that? College? Tell us all about that. Well, I actually uh, thought about other things when I was a senior in high school. And uh, I guess the first couple of weeks in high school, they came around with a sheet of paper to fill this form out for your uh, uh, annual that's going to come out at the end of the year. And you had to put down your name and what you planned on doing the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, it's either going to be a mortician or a, a pilot. So I put down some form of commercial aviation. And uh, after my senior trip, the last day of our senior trip, my friend and, uh, and I were watching these guys tow banners up and down the beach for the whole week. Cool. We, Advertising banners, yeah, right? Yeah. And we said, you know, that would be the coolest job in the world. And we both said about the same time, I've been t thinking about taking flying lessons. So we came out of here 
uh, when we got back and signed up and uh, we became flight instructors and charter pilots and corporate pilots and uh, worked for a couple of airlines. He worked for Eastern for a while and uh, uh, he just finally retired uh, about uh, a year ago. He was flying in uh, Atlanta and uh, I retired 10 years ago and I've been doing some consulting since then. Who did you fly for? What commercial? Who did I? Uh-huh. Uh, Sun Airlines. You never heard of them because they went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> or Braniff. Remember Braniff? <laughs> no. And the other one was Great Western Airlines, and they went out of business. But okay. they were, I'm going to say they're out west. Uh, their home office was. Okay. Yeah. But you were living here. No. for Well, Sun I was. Uh, we were flying out of Nashville. Great Western was out of Springfield, Missouri, and went to St. Louis and Memphis every night flying cargo. Okay. Well, mail back then. Uh-huh. But being a pilot, you could live anywhere in the world, really, couldn't you? Just well, if you about. fly for the airlines, because you can jump seat most anywhere. And some of the airlines, like FedEx, you can be based in, uh, like I had a friend who was based in Alaska, uh, Anchorage. Yeah. And he lived here, and they would fly him to wherever the airplane is. Wow. Well, and now you are working for mtsu tell us your title again aviation safety officer okay so what does that mean you do every day well i'm an aviation safety expert and there's really no such uh like a cpa or professional uh uh i guess professional engineer or whatever there's no such thing as that other than you get qualified Mm -hmm. and i'm qualified in uh, uh ntsb hearings and uh civil courts and things of that nature and what my job is to is to uh, put together a good safety management system mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of a long uh, that'd be about two pages of explaining what that is other than a friend of mine asked me what that is and i said well it's a system that you try to identify potential hazards and mitigate those hazards as low as reasonably practical, whatever reasonably practical is. Okay. So you're, oh my gosh, it's funny, like the safety person at work, when they go somewhere, they're pointing out all the safety hazards. So like when you fly today, does it make you nervous at all? Are you looking at things that need to be fixed, that kind of thing? Yeah. There's a hole in the wind. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So you, do you ever get nervous? Yeah, do you, you don't ever get nervous, though. No. He's, he's very chill. No, because I always sit by the exit, the emergency exit. I'm so the where's the out. best place to ride? Okay, if you're going to ride gonna it, ask me you that. knew I was going to. The best gonna, place is first class. Why? I thought I always told it either over <laughs> the wing or in the very back, because if you see plane crashes, well, what wing. if you're broke like me? Where's the best place? Oh, on top of the plane. <laughs> in the Riding on the wing. Just Riding praying. on the wing. depends on how the airplane hits. But uh, statistics, though, usually in, in the rear of the airplane. Really? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. He's got, really? st- he knows the, the stats. <gasps> Good to know. And he is very well respected. Like, you go on plane crashes, don't you? Or you used to. I used to, yeah. I still do if it's. And tell me to shut up if we can't talk about it. But the, the plane that crashed here in the lake about six months ago. Okay. What type of, what type of plane was that? You're talking that? about the plane in Smyrna. The one that hit uh, Percy Priest, uh, it had taken off. Did it take off from Smyrna, or was it Nashville? Okay, yeah, it took off from Smyrna, did a loop to loop or whatever, and then it. (laughs) I didn't mean bless it, and God rest their souls. And I don't mean that being derogatory or anything, but the guy apparently didn't have a lot of hours in the plane. Correct, and and I need to shut my mouth, but they uh didn't have insurance on the plane. He had. I heard that. Yeah, that's what I heard. Didn't have insurance on the plane, and that. 
his medical wasn't that good, I think. Now, whether that's true or not, but uh, how much do you can you tell us if it was human error or was it mechanical? And going to stats well, on the how NTSB many are, will determine the problem. You don't cause. determine that, but the, you have an opinion. No, the accident investigators just put down the facts, and the fact of that one, he took off and he got into the clouds. Uh, I think it was twelve hundred feet above the ground, <clears throat> and standard procedure there is turn right to a certain heading. I forgot what it was to keep away from Nashville, and when he turned right, the. Uh, the uh, audio tapes and the radar readout showed him having a little trouble maintaining altitude, and uh, had like vertigo or something. Where they looked in there a term spatial disorientation. Okay, but it's where you get up so many feet and you can't determine the ground right. from the sea from the sky. Yeah, and uh, if you're not a good instrument pilot and if you don't rely on your instruments, you feel like you're in a turn to the left, and he was in a turn to the right. So you try to correct by turning to the right, and you get a, a tighter turn. And uh, I think he was over 300 miles an hour when he hit the water. Going yeah. Down. Mm. So that's what happened. He got disoriented, and he wasn't following his instruments. I, that's possible. Part, part that's of, a gotcha. possibility. Well, we're not going to speculate here on the show. We're just trying to... Um, figure out from from our expert here yeah it's very fascinating flying and i know everyone always probably talks to you about how it's pretty cool it's a lot of training a lot of practicing to, yes to yes. do it right yeah. and safely yes mm-hmm. how many hours do you have in a, in a plane uh 12,000 12,000 i quit logging after 12,000 so <laughs> it could be 20,000 yeah. it could be 30,000 and probably another 12,000 given check rise and riding in airplanes like well, we are going, um, Larry, thank you so much for being here. We're going to get into, you've got a book, and we are going to take a quick break. We're going to get into that when we come back, and we appreciate you being here. This is the Mr. Murphy's Bro Show on WGNS. Gallagher Guitar Company has been building guitars since 1965. Today, we build some of the finest guitars in the world on Walnut Street, right here in downtown Murfreesboro. We provide educational tours on Saturdays or at other times by appointment. Whether an individual or as a family, you're sure to find it interesting. Call us at 615-801-8043 or visit our website at gallagherguitar.com. Has your home experienced storm damage, or do you just need a remodel? Oakstone Builders LLC is your answer. They also build custom homes. You can find them at 3173 South Church Street here in Murfreesboro, or call 931-488-5967. That's 931-488-5967.
Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Curb them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. Grand Slam Collectibles is your place in Murfreesboro to buy, sell, and trade sports cards, collectibles, and memorabilia. Head over to their website only at GrandSlam.com. They're located at 1254 Northwest Broad Street. You can also reach them by phone at 615-809-2362 or become one of their over 30,000 followers on Facebook at Grand Slam Collectibles 615. Regal Tile provides professional closing services with their decades of experience in all types of real estate transactions. They can adapt to any situation and handle it with ease. They will be responsible for safeguarding and properly distributing all transaction funds and documents. When it comes to property rights, Regal Tile will provide peace of mind that every customer deserves. You can find them at 316 West Main Street here in Murfreesboro or online at regaltitlellc.com or by phone at 615-295-8042. You're listening to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. I'm Michael Lynn White and uh, Bill Wilson. Bill Wilson, aka Mr. Murfreesboro. Okay, so during the break, we were going through uh, Mr. Larry Williams' flight notes over here, and it's very interesting. I like going through these statistics that you have um, for those of us who are not pilots or aviation experts. Aviators. Um, let's talk about some of them. We were talking about like the deadliest mode of. Um, travel is a motorcycle, motorcycle or something like yeah, that yeah. and you're more likely to what about if you have a plane crash what's the percentage that you uh walk away or what we were going to oh, go over 95 percent of all plane crash victims ultimately walk away Mm-hmm. that is so interesting to me and that's 95%. comforting yeah uh you're more likely to be killed by a falling coconut than an, on an airline crash that is so in crazy. In the United States. In the United States. But you'd have to be in Hawaii. What about that. other countries? Why they'd fly? They have pilots? higher, depending on the country, they have higher accident rates. Um, if they are a member of uh, an organization called uh, ADA, International Air Transport Association, they meet certain standards. They have certain uh, audits that they do. Mm. They They have a a organization called International Air Transport Association Operational Safety Audit, better known as IOSA, and I used to do those. And they contract out to auditing organizations that have uh, auditors that are trained and qualified and experienced that go out and audit each airline. And in order for 
an airline to co-chair with another airline, you have to pass that audit every two years. And it's a pretty strict audit. Uh, it's five days, about five or six auditors. You have to meet at a certain time on Sunday night at six o'clock to get ready for the audit Monday morning at eight o'clock and you debrief at no, no earlier than four o'clock Friday afternoon. And there's like 900 questions. And, uh, wow. It's like passing the bar, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I never tried. You never tried? <laughs> but we have a lot of people we know in common, like Reese Howell III, who was a father-in-law of mine and uh, was an expert on the MU2. And if you're listening, Reese, hope you're doing well. Love you, man. Um, he, he used to fly. He got started flying in a crop duster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A crop duster. Single yeah. engine and... Uh, I don't know if I I can't I can't fly because I'm scared of height. I mean I can fly I can ride in a plane. I much rather be in a bigger plane than a smaller plane. But uh, have you ever flown a crop duster? Oh uh, yeah. You have? Yeah, once. One time <laughs> once that was it. Because it's I mean it's a dangerous job. There. It was actually a, a crop sprayer, and I sprayed uh, lakes in South Georgia for mosquitoes. Yeah, wow. no. <laughs> I was Did young. you get some over at Todd's Lake over here in Murfreesboro? I was, I was 20 or 21 years old, and you know. Well, you needed money back then. That's right. right. You it, needed the money. You get paid you, by the hour, so you say, what, right. what do you want me to do now? Is that dangerous or something? Like, what's the big deal with that? That was not as dangerous as some others uh, because it's over a lake, and, you, and you know, it's not like crop dusters or sprayers over uh, uh Next to wires and trees right. and things of that nature. You gotta nature. look I out see. for the TV. Well, they have stuff. to dip down pretty fast and pull up pretty fast. I gotcha. So that's the dangerous part of it. Yeah. Of those little ones like that. Yeah. You know, Mount Trashmore out here at Walter Hill, I think needs, and we can talk to the mayor about this, Shane, if you're listening. Um, they need a, a lighted pole because they're getting so high that planes. See what I'm saying? You it, understand. It looks a lot higher than it it's, is. It's probably 600 feet high, I would say. How much? 600 feet. Do you know how, how high it I, is? I think it's less than 100 feet. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I beg to differ. But anyway, we, we're going to have, we're going to, mm. we're not always going to get along. You know, 100 feet of trash is a lot of trash. That's a lot of trash. <laughs> it right? is a lot of trash. Mount Trashmore. Oh, goodness. Let's stick to our topic, our uh, aviation here. We'll, we'll have to get our friend Darren Gore on here one day and talk Darren about Gore. Mount Trash. Do you know Darren Gore? <laughs> no. Darren Gore's a good guy. He works for the city. Does a great job with. Oh, um, I thought he worked at tr- Mount Trashmore. Water resources, no, but he's like in charge of all that stuff, and he does a great job and handles the public. What well, happened I think. to the plane crash over here that crashed about three weeks ago in front of PCA? He landed right in. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh well, he had an engine failure. And just he put it down right there. Oh no, he had no other choice. The Jarnet Lane. Everybody walked away. And, right and. and when the engine failed, 17 seconds later, he was on the ground. That's so scary. So going straight forward, there's nowhere to go because of trees and rocks. And uh, so he made a right turn. He didn't want to go to the left because traffic and made a right what turn. What about deer? Has anybody ever hit a deer? <laughs> no. Yeah. Have they really? But he would have landed just fine, but there was a, uh, a uh, speed limit sign for the school there that you couldn't see. Well, he didn't see till he hit it. And, uh, he was probably going over the 15 mile an hour. <laughs> I'm going to say. Thank God a cop went in there. But anyway, I, I'm glad he was good. But in a moment like that, do you think he was super scared, or was he thinking, "Okay, I got no, this"? Uh, no, 
He might be listening. I don't know, but uh, he, he's a Southwest Airline pilot. Okay. And he, he did a good job. He did a good job putting yeah, it down. Excellent. Yes. You can't train for for a plane crash, but do y'all train? Do do pilots train? Like, because you're thinking, you you've got to be thinking like uh, a nine one one operator. Okay, they're they got ten things going on at once. So if yeah. you're a pilot and you're controlling this piece of machinery that goes a six hundred miles an hour. And you see all these lights and switches. What is the number one thing? All I can see is the back of your head. Bill. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I love a guest that puts Bill in his go. place. Let's. He needs to be uh, seen. Let's talk about training. That's for, part of the training when you first start flying. Uh, within just a couple hours, it's called force landings. You're flying along, and the flight instructor pulls the engine back to idle, and you try to find a place to go, and you aim at that place. Of course, you don't get too low. To violate the rules, yeah, and then you fly up. So if you've got a turboprop like an MU2, which is a a, a jet, it's actually well, it's a step down from the Lear yeah. or King Air. Uh, it, yeah. It's actually a jet because it's got the tip tanks here where yeah. the fuel is. It's a jet. You're going 400 miles an hour. They'll go up to 380, 400 yep. miles an hour. And uh, I've been in a plane where he cut off one of the engines just to. Just to mess with I was you? like our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. But uh, uh, yeah, I would say I, I don't have the oomph oh. to be a pilot. Like if it's always nice when you look into the cockpit and there's two pilots instead yeah. of just one. That's me. Well, being fearful. A lot of airplanes, depending on the size, only has to have one pilot. And like this citation that went in, that's only required to have one pilot. It's a one-pilot airplane. One-pilot. Wow. Well, let's go over some of the other fun things that you have in your notebook here. Okay. What else is fun for the for our listeners to know from our aviation expert? Well, deaths per 1 billion passenger miles. Motorcycles, 212.57. Uh, car, 7.28. And you get down to flying, 0. 0.07 per 1 billion passenger miles. So it's one of the safest. It's safer than ferry, rail, uh Transit rail. Transit rail and buses. Isn't that so funny? Because I don't really get scared once I'm up in the flight. And the more I've flown, I don't think about it. But why do you think people are so fearful of flying versus anything else? I think it's unknown. They don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And when you're sitting in the back, you hear all these strange noises and things. And uh, uh, Unless you fly a lot. And I notice when I fly, almost no one pays attention to the pre-flight briefing. Mm Mm-hmm. So when when they do have an emergency exit, sometimes no one knows where to go and where the exit is and how to open the exit. And you see them taking their bags out and their airplanes on fire. And oh, my gosh. You, drop everything, get out, and run. Get out. I do. I'm telling you, I do listen to those. But some people are judgy, and they'll look at you like, oh, you must never fly. You know, because yeah. I'm like, <laughs> You're I used to be looking at them like, what is she saying? Anyway. <laughs> I was sitting in the exit row one time, and I was reading the briefing card to make sure I knew how to open the exits. Because some you open this way and pull in, some you flips up. And uh, I was reading that, and I was kind of looking I was looking around for something. I don't know, but I hear this voice. I've never seen anyone do that. And I looked up and it was a flight attendant. Really? She said, are you okay? I said, yeah. I, I, I told her I was an FAA inspector. And I just want to make sure I'm the first one out. She said, good. So <laughs> oh, my she, gosh. She I'm going to bring- do that now. She was bringing you drinks. She was trying to be nice. <laughs> I'm not going to feel like a dork now. I'm going to know that I'm being smart by finding out where the exits are. So I appreciate first thing that you tip. Do. Hopefully I'll never have to um, do that. But, you know. 
and, and the, I won't feel bad about having to sit in the back of the plane and be the last one out off of that thing. So I appreciate don't that. Know how to wear the mask? You wear it over your nose, and not yes. just your mouth. And seats are uh, can be a float flotation yeah, device. That's right, yeah. And I can remember when people smoked on airplanes. Me too. Isn't that wild? You could be said, riding around smoking they said, a camel you want Smoking or non-smoking? Oh it doesn't gosh. make any difference because it's all in there. But that think is about, so Just funny. think about that. Yeah. I know. It's pretty crazy. So, okay. What else you got before we get into what is in this nice book here? Well, I talk about learning to fly mm-hmm. and then uh, kind of uh, where I went from. I went out here and started flying and uh, uh, a former student of mine was flying out of Nashville, National Flying Service, and he called me one day and he said, why don't you come down here? They paid a lot more down there, so I went down there and started flying. And <clears throat> there were two or three operators there, and one of them had jets and turboprops, and I went to work for him because he gave me a job because he was my cousin, so you know, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> oh, a little nepotism there, right? And, and uh, that's... That buddy of mine who was my former student, we both flew there for a while, and we were flying jets before we were old enough to rent a car. We'd go places and couldn't rent a car. Back then, you had to be 25, you know. And uh, uh, then I went to uh, a couple of airline jobs that didn't last very long. And uh, then I went back to college, and they weren't hiring very many pilots at the time, and I decided I needed a good job with benefits and uh, security so I went to work for a probation officer as a probation officer. Oh my goodness, that's, that's intense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Larry, that's a HIPAA. I signed that HIPAA document. I tried that for a while Meredith and uh, true, I then I, I was applying for jobs with the FAA and uh, then I saw a job for Auburn University. I went to work for there for about two months uh, in their aerospace department and running. They owned the airport and they had an air taxi operation and I was running that and uh, then I got a call one day to go to work for the FAA. Cool. And that was in 76. In 76. So how many years total have you been in aviation as far as employed or 40 uh, years? Oh, 56 56 Wow. I started in 64. That's unheard of. I mean, kudos to you. That's a good thing. (laughs) And now you're retired and at MTSU, and I'm just so happy that the MTSU Aerospace Program is doing so well. Yeah. So let's talk about that, because still a lot of people... It's one of the best programs in the country, isn't it? Yeah, they don't know about it, unless you're here. Well, yeah, everybody knows about it. Uh, Among other things, I did some uh, consulting... Before I retired with uh, foreign countries, I was assigned to Washington headquarters, and it's a, the office was called International Policy and uh, Programs. And among other things, we went to foreign countries and tried to get them up to our standards so they could send their airlines to the U.S. <clears throat> and I spent some time over there in Nigeria, uh, uh, Tanzania, Ro- Rwanda, Uganda, and, uh, Different countries now. Yeah. <laughs> Rwanda, Uganda, Idi Amin Dada, you remember? Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, Kenya. Well, I spent a lot of time in Nigeria, and after I retired, I got a call to go over there and try to get one of the airlines ready for an IOSA. So I went over there for, it's going to be there about four days, and I met the vice president of ops. 
His name was Adu Sanusi. I remember that very well. I gave him my card, and he started walking off, and he turned around, Murfreesboro. I love Murfreesboro. I said, you learned to fly there. How'd you know? (laughs) Oh, no way. And this was in Kenya? Yeah, so how did he know about Murfreesboro? Was it MTSU? He learned to fly here. No, he didn't go to MTSU. He just came here and learned to fly. At the municipal airport Mm -hmm. here. And I said, how did you find that place? And at the time, the operator out there was called International Flight Center. He said, I was looking for a place to learn to fly. It's cheaper to come over here than almost anywhere because... It's just more expensive anywhere else. Briggs and Stratton engines, right? And now. he found International Flight Center, and he said, I came over there, and he was here about two years. Really? And How random. now he's CEO of another airline in Let, Nigeria. Let's talk wow. history. So how old is Murfreesboro Airport, Municipal Airport? It's uh, always And it's always been in that location. 1952. Before that, there was a, a airport or airfield called Sky Harbor, which was yeah. on Old Nashville Highway. Yeah kind of across from Burleson Lane is. Yep. Later in in the last 20 years, it was where they made boats. They made boats. And before that, they made bombs, or practice bombs. But it was was older than Berryfield. It was... Uh, Yeah. It was like one of the oldest airfields, that was, airports. That was the national in, airport. It may be in the south, I guess. Probably. American Airlines It was in, in the there. 20s. And they had a nice uh, terminal building with a uh, rooftop. Skylight. Yeah, rooftop uh, dancing and all that stuff. Nice. They bar. would have big parties there. I'm sure there. they had a bar back then. Well, might not have been legal. well they probably, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I they I've, found a way. I've got some old photos of it, and I've got uh, one of my friends or fans gave me a uh, an artifact. It's it's a newspaper article about Sky Harbor. It's from 1929, where a lady by the name of Ruth Chatterton, you can Google her, she was a movie actress, and she was coming to a Bowery Ball in Murfreesboro. And the plane crashed right out of here. And I have a piece of that plane. Okay. I've got her signature on this card and all the information. I'm going to bring it to one of those Thursday morning meetings and show it to y'all. But people don't realize that, that you know, we had an airport. I never knew. we. I knew we had Sky Harbor, but I had no idea that MTSU. Because you, you drive with MTSU, it's nothing but buildings. How could a plane land? <laughs> it couldn't be there today. But Oh, no. Well, if you look at the ROTC building on the south end between the, that building and the old university center, it looks like a hangar. It used to be the hangar. That was the hangar. It's still there, yeah. You know a retired Colonel Bob Phillips? You know. Oh, very well. Yeah, a great man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Middle's known for, for uh, aviation. Not- it started during the war, the civilian pilot training, where the government paid for civilians to get learn how to fly so they could fly for the army or whatever and miller lanier was uh out there at that time and then when they built the airport he moved out to the airport and started he called it mid-state flight school which was the contractor for uh middle tennessee state university wow up until uh i guess the late 60s early 70s and then there were another couple of operators and then the mtsu started their own flight school in the early 90s i think well, I think it's really cool, and we're so lucky to have that here. So what do you want to say to, you know, young kids in high school that are thinking about a career in aviation? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, what would be the first thing you'd tell them? Get some brains. What no, say, don't do it? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I get a college degree in but, case you need a job. But it's good money. <laughs> if you land a commercial job, it's, it's, it's pretty yeah, good pay, uh, isn't it? Yeah, most pilots get pretty good money, and it depends on the uh, – supply and demand right now there's a big demand and uh, as soon as they 
pilot gets a thousand hours, if they go through this course out here at MTSU, he'll get hired by one of the airlines. Really? Just like that? Yeah, just like that. Well, wow. I did hear that it was expensive to get all of your hours and that it some is. students were having issues doing that. So how do you work with that? They just borrow money. Really? Uh, when I started flying, you could get your commercial and instructor rating for $3,110. We called it a, a 3110 student when somebody came in and wanted to do that. I got a 3110 student, and that's 240 hours. Now I think it's uh, just for private is around eight or ten thousand. Wow! So uh, I think it's seventy, eighty thousand dollars to get your commercial and flight instructor rate. Mm-hmm. But there is grant. Is there Pell grants? Is there grant money for people as long as their grades are good? Or I, I don't know. Unless you have a rich uncle or something, that, you know, <laughs> or aunt. Oh you always get a student loan. Yeah, you know. student loan. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. So. What else? I know your book talks a lot about the FAA because that's where your, that's where your the majority of your career was. So, what's yeah. the main thing in here that you want? That's the you know the biggest thing that you want people to know about it. What is the name of the it? book? What is the name of the, the book? name of the book? Is the Unruly Skies: One Man's Journey Inside the Federal Aviation Administration? Good, so, good question, Michael. Lynn. <laughs> well, you know, I, I couldn't think thing. of a name of the book that. A book wasn't already named, you know, like the friendly skies or the unfriendly skies. And uh, so I said, how about unruly skies? Like, this uh, is a lot of work to do this. How long did it take you? Uh, off and on about a year, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, on long trips. And uh, you know, I did a, lot of, did a lot of flying overseas and on the airplane. I'd think of something and type it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just started by, when I was a kid and I uh, wanted to learn to fly. And I started flying out here and different jobs I had. And... Uh, the FAA job, I talk about uh, enforcement and uh, accidents and what how the accidents happen. And I talk about regulations and how, how they are written. Because I, I was in Washington <coughs> about a year in headquarters and I wrote regulations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I talk about, uh, I guess, it, uh, when I got ready to retire, I think it's... Uh, I think the title of the chapter is "Time to Go." So I'm right. Time to go. Can you remember any of those regulations that you wrote? Oh yeah. T- give us what an example. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Put the landing gear. Down. You have to be 16 to solo, in an airplane. 14 in, in a glider. Okay. Have you been? Gl- have you done yeah. some glider? We used to have a glider operation out here, and it, it moved to. Uh, Tullahoma? No. No, it moved to Eagleville. Good place for a glider, Eagleville. You, know? you got, yeah, they got nice places to go off tops of hills and yeah. stuff. Did uh, have you been in a hang glider or have you been? So uh, no. you've been in a glider though. Have you? Oh yeah. Have to... you parachuted out of a plane? Uh, no. Oh, no. Uh, when when are you going to do that? You should do. It, I'm not going to do that. What about a hot hey. air balloon? I've been hot air ballooning. That's yeah, fun. I've been in one. That's that's kind of freaky. Yeah. So you're not going to parachute out? Why? I don't want to either. By the way, but no. tell me why. I'm scared of heights. Because it might hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays they have parachutes where you just Full, basically, it's like a wing, and just before you touch down, you you it's a tip soft the wing, wing up, and you just touch down. Yeah. But back in up until well, I guess back in until the, the '60s when they were parachuting out, you hit the ground pretty hard. I see. So jumping out of the plane is not the scary part to you. It's the landing. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> the bouncing. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Well, that is crazy. So you're at MTSU now, and our airport now that we've got our brand new beautiful terminal out there and i know you're at mtsu and it's kind of a separate thing but 
We're super lucky to have that nice airport. Jets are coming in every day. It's a huge economic impact for Murfreesboro. It is, yeah. So people that think that it's just kind of like a hobby thing or whatever, I mean, it really is oh, great no. No, for our community. You see a lot more flying. I mean, you hear a lot of planes. I mean, it's uh, you look up, there's planes everywhere. I had a friend that learned to fly out here, and he went to work for TWA years ago, and he retired oh, probably 10 years ago. And he hadn't been here in about 10 or 15 years. And he walked in the terminal building with his mouth open and said, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> he said, I remember when this was out in the country. And when a car that? drove up, we all stopped and looked out and said, who is that coming up the driveway, you know? And uh, he retired from TWA as number two on the seniority list. And uh, he was really impressed. Oh, that's nice. And it the, is nice. The it's building's a- really nice. And they have a uh, business center there to have meetings and... Uh, uh, I think they've had some, uh, I know they had some work sessions out there. They might have had a city council meeting there. I'm not sure. I think mm-hmm, they, they have. have. Mm-hmm. TDK's yeah. got a nice hangar over there, to, or their building, their business. That's really yeah. nice. TDK hangar, TD, Life yeah. Flight. Yeah, Life Flight's in that hangar. It's growing. Mm-hmm. Now, I have heard this. You, know, you can answer this any way you want to, but they say that the runway needs to be longer. Yes. Is that? A, can you answer that? It, Every runway needs to be longer. The longer the runway, the safer it is. Is that right? Okay. But they've always, it's been like, in other words, if there was a complaint, it's been the runway needs to be longer. Uh, yeah. Okay. But Shane mentioned that the other night on his briefing that he said that that's one regret that he wishes years ago that he would have voted for it to be longer. But it's not going to be extended because they're like out right. of room and there's neighborhoods and as of right now. I don't know. Uh, it was going to be 5,000 feet, and the FAA has changed the rules a little bit. Uh, it's 4,750 now. Another 250 feet would be 5,000. They which, could squeeze in 250 somewhere. <laughs> huh? Oh, I think okay. so. And there's a kind of a myth out there that uh, airplanes, jets can't land in less than 5,000 feet. That's not true. Uh, they can land. I landed here in a jet in 1968 when it was 3,600 feet. What type of jet was it? Jet commander. Okay. Well, it's funny because, okay, you've flown a lot. Have you ever flown into St. Bart's? No. I have flown into St. Bart's, and that runway's tiny. Yeah, And it goes that? right into the ocean. That's right. That's people down. stand there and watch it, and, and they watch blown it. out in the ocean. Yeah. Yes. Is that in is, the Caribbean? Um, no, it's in the, um, it's, they speak French. I don't know where it's it is. Like it's like Aruba. Have you ever flown into Aruba? That's, but it's so no. tiny. Yeah. Aruba's it makes like. sense that the longer the runway, the... the yeah, nowhere to... Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere to go. Or when they're landing on those uh, boats. Where's the wildest place you've landed? What country? Where's the wildest place? The wildest place? Or say the weather. It's real windy. and. Uh, Hazard, Kentucky is one. (laughs) And that airport, it's a good name for the airport. But they moved that airport. It was so hazardous. It was one way in and one way out. And uh, I'm trying to think. Years ago, Sevierville, especially at night. Was tough. Because there were mountains. Hills everywhere. Dollywood. Yeah. And they had uh, they had telephone poles stuck up next to the trees with red lights on them so you could make sure you didn't get too low and hit hit the ground. Right. But they moved that hill and expanded the runway. I think it's 5,000 feet now. So. Wow. So that's what it needs to be. Well, all right. Let's go ahead and take a little break. We're going to... It's our last break. It's our last break that we'll be right back. This is the Mr. Murfreesboro Show, WGNS.
Prana McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyronda.com. Garrison Fork Trucking is a small trucking business located in Middle Tennessee. They aim to provide the highest quality of services for their shippers and receivers and offer the opportunity of job stability and quality of life for their drivers. Benefits include paid orientation and training, performance bonuses, no force dispatch, truck remains with the team, referral bonuses, direct deposit weekly, competitive pay, and a flexible schedule. Give them a call at 615-721-2286 or online at garrisonforktrucking.com. The Seasons of Murfreesboro Restaurant and Lounge is your home for great live music and food. Located in Murfreesboro, they specialize in serving up great food and live music to Central Tennessee and beyond. They are locally owned and operated, family-friendly, and appreciate great music and good times. If you're looking for a great night out during the week or the weekend, check them out at 2227 Old Fort Parkway in the Clarion Inn or head over to their website, seasonsofmurfreesboro.com. BioRenew Clinic is the place for you. Nutritional deficiencies are replaced to optimize your health and well-being. Services include bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, IV infusion, anti-aging, energy-enhancing detoxification, and immunity-boosting protocols. They're located at 803 North Thompson Lane, Suite 104 here in Murfreesboro. Phone number is 615-603-8957. That is BioRenew Clinic. Mark your calendars now. Saturday, September the 25th at 6 p.m. is the Dew Drop Jamboree. You're not going to want to miss this event. Once again, the Dew Drop Jamboree, Saturday, September the 25th at 6 p.m. at the Washington Theater at Patterson Park. All right, we are back to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. I'm Michael Lynn White, along with Bill Wilson and our guest, Larry Williams. So, Bill, go ahead and um, thank our amazing sponsors. We could not do it without them. Amen. We want to thank Tabitha King with Regal Title. They do a great job. If you ever need a closing, it's Regal Title. If you need a loan, call Rhonda McCree with Iberia Bank and Mortgage. Uh, if you need to trade baseball cards, if you need to know anything about sports collectibles, call Nate the Great Burns at Grand Slam Collectibles. Nate. Nate. If you need a guitar, call my friend David Mathis with Gallagher Guitars. If you need to build a house, call Chris Rowland with Oakstone Builders. If you need a wheel or you need one fixed, call Mitch Robinson with Wheelworks here on South Church Street. If you're needing a job, you want to drive a truck, call Bill Walker or Gina Burgess at Garrison Fort Trucking. If you need a vitamin B12 shot, yeah, we cover it here. Call Bio Renew with Stevie Smoot. If you need a night out with the guys, go down to the Seasons and see Chef Raymond Doherty. And we've got the Dixie Dewdrop Jamborees coming up at the Patterson Park Washington Theater on September 25th. 
give Lynn Wallace a call. Thanks, sponsors. Yes, sorry about that, Bill. Yes, thank y'all very much. And also coming up on September 18th at Patterson Park at 9 a.m. is the dedication of Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, so that is happening. We're very excited about that. So it'll be Mercury Boulevard will no longer be. It will be the Martin Luther King. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a great thing. So if you're listening and you want to come out, it's going to be... Uh, a great thing and we're happy our councilman and friend kurt wade got that going and it there, passed yeah. all through kurt will be there and mayor will be there it's going to be a great thing good um, event yeah it's going to be good so one thing i thought was interesting during the break we were talking about um you said someone asked if they were too old to fly so tell us that story yeah about your student uh, <clears throat> i was probably 21 or so working in nashville and this older man came in who was 65, which is not old anymore, Bill. And could you, could you speak up, please? No. <laughs> <laughs> and he came in. He he had just retired. He said, "Am I too old to learn to fly?" And I said, "No, sir." Because I was getting paid by the hour. I said, "You know, this is five <laughs> bucks an hour here." But he was the best student I ever had. He was always prepared. It wasn't no, wasn't you know some students are a little afraid when they first start flying, and uh, he finished in minimum time and. Uh, he was ready to meet his maker, right? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, my gosh. That's cool, though. So that is true. If you're out there, you want to learn to fly. It doesn't matter what age you are. So what's the youngest you can fly? You can uh, solo in a glider at 14 and an airplane at 16. You get your private at 17 and commercial at 18. Gosh, why is it so young for planes? I mean. You mean for gliders? For Yeah. It's. I don't know. It just is. That's so interesting to me <laughs> yeah. because you can't. Solo when well, you're I guess so because you yeah. get a drive a car when you're yeah. 15 or 16 and crashing that all over the place and, anyway and when i uh was first started flying you had to get a student pilot certificate and you went to the doctor and you got a medical and you got a student pilot certificate and uh i was almost ready to solo and my instructor came in and he looked kind of he was shaking his head he said uh, he was from south georgia and he started every sentence out with boy ended it with boy he <laughs> said boy we got a got a little problem here i said what he said, you're not 18, you have to have your parents' permission. And I said, yeah, we got a problem because my mother doesn't want me to fly. <laughs> so you oh went after the car? Here, she so decided. So it's in the book. I, yeah. went, I went back and I said, oh, you need to sign this. And she said, what's this? And she looked at it and looked at me. Well, you're going to be 18 pretty soon anyway. And she signed it and I soloed the next day. You soloed the next day. Yeah. And, and here you sit. You, thanks, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you know a guy named Ryan Campbell? He's a friend of mine. He's from Australia, and he was the youngest pilot to fly around the world. I heard about him. He had a he had a little Piper Cub at the, it, in Murfreesboro, and uh, apparently he's left Murfreesboro, but he had a pink Cadillac. It was like a 52 oh, okay. Cadillac, but he has flown around the world. I didn't know if you knew him or not. But nope. They wanted him to come up here. But anyway, so that... What else do you want to tell us? We've got a few more minutes here. I don't know. Uh, what do you want to, what do you... We do have a few more minutes. Well, we just let's talk about, you know, um, the jets that are based in Murfreesboro Airport. Because if you're not in that world, I know a lot of people that don't know what goes on at the Murfreesboro Airport. So it's really cool. Those jets that come in that are based here. Oh, yeah. And Yeah, what's a day look like out there at the airport? I mean, I know you're not out there, but you kind of know what goes on. Well, uh Almost every day, at least one jet comes in, sometimes two or three, uh, sometimes small ones, sometimes they're Bombardier, uh, I think it's about a 20-seat airplane, <clears throat> and uh, sometimes they're there just a few minutes, sometimes they stay all day, sometimes overnight. 
Uh, I know of three jets based there and about five turboprops. And uh, unfortunately, if the runway was a little longer, it would be uh, they could take on more fuel. They mm -hmm. have to take on, it all depends on the weight and the temperature and the wind. Because when I landed here back in 68, luckily it was a cool uh, fall day and the wind was out of the north, so we landed into the wind about 10 knots. And uh, it's a long story, but we got a few sure. minutes. We yeah. do, yeah. tell us. I was flying for a company and we would, we would start in New York and or Miami and land at these different airports where they had little factories. They had uh, women's clothes. It was Jonathan Logan. I don't Larry, know you didn't tell us about in, this. No. They're <laughs> not in, I don't think they're in business anymore. Right. <clears throat> but we would land at the little factories and they would go spend about an hour or two and come back out. And we landed in Fayetteville. And they said, we're gonna be here about two, maybe three hours. We had some problems in Fayetteville. And at that time there was no one there and there was no jet fuel anyway. So I talked my other pilot in. I said, let's go to Murfreesboro to get something to eat. So we came in here and landed one of the first, maybe the first jet, except I think they had one land back in the 50s that thought he was at Seward and he ran off the runway. But oh, my goodness. We landed here well, and. A uh, little touch and go. Yeah. No, we landed and stopped and went out and got something to eat. And, right. And took off and came back. And uh, uh, so I think I was the first corporate jet that landed here. Oh, that's interesting. Would that, would that that's be cool. In the 70s or 60s? That was 1968. Wow. 1968. Yeah, there's a lot of people that fly through. I know True at Kathy of Chick-fil-A. He was here doing some business. A lot of people, it's easier, you know, for them to fly here or Smyrna versus going into B&A. I mean, and obviously, they come in here private. And we're not sure who they are. They Sometimes real estate people come out and pick them up, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised I hadn't seen you there. You hadn't seen me there. They, they go <laughs> Times off are hard right now. You need to get some out. jet clients, Bill. What's wrong with you? But the pilots, they'll have a room that they can sleep. They, they call have it a pilot's lounge. Pilot centers where they can go in and crash like bunk beds and stuff, and they well sometimes they have easy chairs here, and you know it's quiet. And they go in and got chill. A TV to watch, and yeah, it's kind of it is itself. nice out there. It, it's, it even it's a has nice. a shower, you know, if they want. Sometimes they have plenty of time. They go out and run or play golf. A uh, pilot, you got to be a different type of uh, breed or person you to do. be a pilot. Seriously, you do. You do. You got to be calm, cool, collected. If you're a corporate type pilot or these air taxi pilots, you got to get used to going places and sitting all day yeah mm -hmm. is corporate flight management still going or corporate express that was uh reese's he, he and his sons that started uh, it's corporate called, flight management corporate express and then chuck was called, running one in utah it's called contour contour aviation. aviation they have airplanes all over the country now yeah contour um planes contour aviation it used to be corporate flight management okay here in smyrna but they have flights all over the country yeah that was one of the first corporate yeah, corporate, corporate airlines was the name yeah. of their airline for a while. Yeah, very cool, very cool. We got lots of cool stuff going on here in Murfreesboro, and lots of stuff going on at MTSU. So, what are you? You don't work with students, or you do? No, you do not. You're just working over the program. Yes. Okay. I, he gives opinions. <laughs> I do that. Too. I do give opinions. <laughs> expert opinions. Expert opinions. He is an expert, y'all. We're not Speaking even. Speaking of real estate, we've done a few transactions together, haven't we? Yes, we have. Is there anything you want to tell the people other than we got the job done? <laughs> you got the job done. <laughs> Actually, Meredith did right. Uh, yeah, it was right. Meredith. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, this is not yeah, real estate. Do you want to give a shout out to your beautiful wife? You want to say hello to her? Well, She's, she can't see she, me because you're here. Oh, here, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. my goodness. Hi, beautiful wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we are. Terry, hello. <laughs> 
thank you so much for spending your Sunday night with us. This is fascinating. We could probably talk to you all night about this because it's very interesting. And, you know, let's give another um, talk about 9-11 one more time. We just want to honor and thank all of our first responders and just remember that day when we're talking about planes and all of that. It's just always something to Well, well one think thing about. a lot of people don't know about 9-11, <clears throat> there's an operation in FAA has a outfit called flow control in washington where they look all, all over the country and when things get too busy they stop airplanes on the ground instead of used to you'd go there and you just circle around for right hour. and when this first happened the manager was his first day there he'd been there about an hour and he said put him on the ground and they said can we do that he said put him on the ground mm. and about 30 minutes later the secretary of transportation called and said have you considered maybe putting them all on the ground? He said, "Don't the way, sir." <laughs> yeah, but you could look at the map, and there's thousands oh, yeah, of planes, yeah. and then all of a sudden, they're all gone. Planes. Yeah. So they all were down. We'd like for you to come back sometime, and uh, let's make it earlier. What do you we'll do it earlier. Okay, we're, <laughs> hey, I know. We're, we're working on that. Okay. Yeah, we're working on that. We'll have to talk to WGNS about that. Hey, we have someone on uh, Facebook saying, "When is Mr. Murfreesboro going to do a video from an airplane flying over Murfreesboro?" Hey, we need to make I'll that happen. Kirk Llewellyn, we'll do. Is that Kirk? Who is it? Saying? Is Austin Maxwell? Hey, Austin. The next time you pay for the fuel, we'll do that. Right. Well, we know enough I, people with planes. Jeez. I have flown a lot of the smaller planes in Shebbleville. Fay. I've I've flown a lot just uh, in smaller planes. Me too. But if somebody's going to crash, <laughs> uh, we've only got 55 seconds, but if somebody is going to crash, I think you will die of a heart attack before you hit the ground. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bill had That's, to get that in there. Yeah. we're. I, that might be why you crash. You have a heart attack. This is true. <laughs> could be. Could be before <laughs> or after. Anyway. Hey, thanks, viewers. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back next week for the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. This is Bill Wilson along with... Michael Lynn White. And thank you so much, Larry Williams, for being our guest tonight. We'll see you next week. God bless you.